Hey everybody, welcome to We Hate People, not so much a podcast as a series of outtakes. This is episode three recorded Monday, April 6th, 2015, otherwise known as Easter, where we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord with the traditional sugar coma and hot cross bun-induced bowel obstruction. <laughs> too much bread, mate. It's not good for you. Uh, I... <laughs> I'm Simon Potter, and here to celebrate this holiday with me, a man famous for taking the road less travelled because he won't ask for directions, David Holloway. Hi, mate. How are you? And I'm also um, a bit of a, not an expert in bowel obstructions, but have some knowledge of them. So, nice intro. Yeah, this is already going in a bad direction. Yeah, you started it. I know. I was was thinking about making a gag about colostomy bags, and then I thought, no, bitter experience has taught me that's a real... Yeah, don't want to go there. Way to go. And how much chocolate have you eaten? Because I'm embarrassed to admit I've definitely eaten way too much. I have eaten three quarters of an 89-cent dairy fine chocolate bunny from Aldi that I picked up because Aldi are always the first to put their chocolate on sale. However, uh-huh. I, I, did, uh, I did break its neck in a humane way, so it felt no pain. Good. You've, you've, you've held back. Well done. Well, the funny thing is, I don't know about anyone else out there, and I'd be interested in any listener comments regarding the traditional holiday gorgings that we have in the Western world. Um, I I don't really know that I'm that keen on it anymore. The chocolate is is too sweet. Mm. As part the 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 sort of stuff you get in in the you know the the novelty confectionery vein. Um, if the, and if the chocolate, it's, you can stand the sweetness of the chocolate itself, the, the, the crappy-themed candies that they put in there are worse. Yeah. They are far worse. And I, I've reached saturation really quickly and I'm pleasantly surprised because I used, to be a, I used to be a bit of a gorger with that sort of thing. Hot cross buns, however, still a favourite as long as they're fresh. See, whereas I've only had two hot cross buns but too much chocolate, but I agree that I'm a bit over it as well. It's a sugar. Sugar is evil, as they say. Well, it's it's like you know, um, sugar doesn't give you diabetes. People give you diabetes. <laughs> Just don't eat too many people. <laughs> oh, there's a lesson in that for all of us. Exactly. So how's the and how's the family? I'm having to ask you on the family front because uh, I really don't have one. So oh, that's, um, yeah. Look, uh, I think we're all over chocolated. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the work week starting again so I can ignore it for a while. Mm. It's pretty sad when you're looking forward to going back to work, but that's, that's the fact. Although, although we talk about Netflix later, um, it is going to be hard to drag myself away from Netflix, particularly given we've watched 12 out of the 13 Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt episodes. One to go. Oh, you're doing well. Yeah, we've rationed them. We've tried to make it last as long as we can. Unanimous love for that show. Excellent. Well, Tina Fey will be happy because, I mean, she needs the money. <laughs> and apparently they commissioned, did they commission the two series up front or it was very early before they'd finished series one. I think they'd already commissioned series two, which is good. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think NBC, it was going, they took it as a project to NBC, but uh, they, they couldn't get the commitment on, on, the, uh, on the scheduling. Because you know what? That's right. Free to, another reason why Netflix and such are, are really good is the free-to-air scheduling. It's all over the place. You know, a football match comes up or, you know, someone important dies. So you have to watch a bunch of assholes um, sort of memorialising them when basically they were either indifferent or couldn't stand them. Yeah. <laughs> I, thank you, Malcolm Fraser, for another day of that crap. But anyway, oh, yeah, RIP, blah, blah, you'll be sorting this, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, so that's Easter. What a, what a, what a little treasure that was. And I'm, I'm wondering if, um, and I'm trying to do a really awkward segue, even though you're the host, into the next bit around urban myths. There, I'm trying to think, are there some good urban myths around Easter? One that it's a time for family, probably. Uh, yes, that, well, there's that and the, some guy got resurrected. I, I believe that's, a, that's another fairly... Oh, religion. There you go. I, I had to. I, I got myself baptised on Easter, so I, I'm not going to come. Don't don't, don't think I'm anti-Christian. What, or, this Easter just gone today, uh, like yesterday? Oh no, not this one. No, 
God, no. No, the only reason I left the house was to go and pick up my Xbox One TV tuner dongle. Nice. Well, that's that, as good a reason as any. That was exciting. Well, that and the 5K walk to get there because, you know, you've got to get exercise somehow. I mean, you, you could always um, – It's a good, when I say as good as reason as any, one of the best – Easter tweets I saw was from Ricky Gervais who said, for God's sake, go out and sin this Easter, otherwise Jesus died for nothing. Because he died for our sins. So that I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, it's kind of retroactive, not proactive. Um, basically, he died for our sins. Anything after that is kind of on us. I'm pretty sure that's the way it works. Get a theologian on. That'd be fun. Oh yes. No. Actually, yes. That that could that be. That could be quite fun. Do you know any? No, I know some committed Christians who would be very good to have um, a intelligent discussion with. So that wouldn't suit this podcast. No. Um, I don't know any rabid. You know, uh, everyone else is wrong and I'm right. Christians. I, I tend to be friends with very reasonable, open-minded Christians. So they're no fun on a podcast. Mm, uh, no. You, you, yeah, you do need some sort of drama. Makes good, good entertainment, but it's not actually very constructive in no. in in life in general. Unfortunately, it's it's good to watch it. It's like peace makes terrible television. But uh, you know, it's uh, a be- the better the better way to live, I think. In general, I might try. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put it to a couple of. I've got a couple of people in mind. I'll put it to them because they, they actually one of them's a, a radio uh, DJ who, who's quite funny. So I might see if he'll come on. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, he's sort of like Kyle, but with more sense of humour and. And and not responsible for the suicide of a nurse. Oh, was was that them? But no, Kyle, that was someone else, wasn't it? Kyle Sanderlands and Jackie O. Yeah, did that? Oh, that was them, wasn't it? Oh, slander, defamation. I don't know. I'm not oh. so sure on that. Oh, never mind. I don't care. I don't like him anyway. Yeah, I think it was another crew. But anyway, it's all good. If they didn't do that, they'd done something equally horrible. Uh, I've got an embarrassing mission. I've actually appeared on their show as a guest. Yeah? Yeah, about uh, be three years ago now, two and a half, three, they suddenly decided they wanted to talk about the virtual world of Second Life and I had mm-hmm. um, a contact, I can't remember who contacted me, saying, hey, would you be interested in going on this? And I was on with the CEO of Linden Lab who runs Second Life for this three minutes of sensationalism. So how much did you have to dumb things down or prevent them intentionally twisting what you were saying into something? Yeah, more, more the latter. So, And what surprised me, I was expecting Kyle to be the idiot and Jackie O to be the reasonable one, but it was actually reversed. He was actually more willing to listen to what it was about and Jackie O was playing the idiot. Yeah, I think they take it in turns. Yeah. Um, it's sort of, well, I was going to say good idiot, bad idiot, but... That is <laughs> That's what we should have called this podcast. It's Yeah. Good idiot, bad idiot. Or can we do a third podcast? Who wants to join us? Uh, Welcome to Good Idiot, Bad Idiot, episode one. That has a ring. Please apply and you can host because I'm really not getting the hang of it. <laughs> Sorry, I'll shut up now. Go go for it, Mr. Host. Oh, that's okay. Uh well. Since your your segue into the last subject was kind of lame, yeah, let's go with that. Well, why don't let's let's hold a poll, and you you you're the only one who can choose. Do you want to go with urban myth spreaders? Yeah, so this is a hate of the week, and I'd love to jump on this, and we could talk for four episodes on it alone. As far as some of the stupid urban myths or. That, that are spread round. Um, but I thought it was, yeah, thank you to the anonymous contributor that, that put that one in. Um, surely this drives you insane as well, Simon. So fa- Facebook is the number one, I would argue, uh, perpetrator of these. You, so you, you're sitting on Facebook and up comes in your feed everything from the Muslims are trying to ban Christmas lights through to... Um, Vaccinate or the the common one is vaccinations give you autism. 
And your reaction goes from ignoring it to just outright frustration to disappointment if it's a friend that you thought had more sense than that. Yeah, well, I, that, but isn't that the case with so – and we all do it, I think, is we we hear something or we've heard something repeated from a variety of sources so frequently that it doesn't occur to us to question it. Yes, exactly. Because obviously you've got the, the more uh, – the more uh, rooted and sensible sounding ones that that bang around. And then you've got the more ludicrous ones like saying Bloody Mary three times in a mirror, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, that's that sort, of, uh, that sort of craziness. Not that I'm inclined to do that, you know, just in case, just in case. <laughs> but so, so what is it about these that really burns your brisket? I suppose it's more because coming from a health background, it's more the ones that spread misinformation that could actually harm people. And then number two, that that purposely set out to uh, demonise either social groups, racial groups or whatever. So I know I got really worked up. There was some idiots spreading around. The, the Muslims are trying to ban Christmas lights and there was this you know, whole diatribe paragraph. And I, I went to the trouble of actually um, taking another Facebook screenshot in the same mode that they had and writing my own diatribe saying they're a bunch of idiots in the same format that they'd written it and then posting it up. And it got a bit of bit of support there. But it's just, I suppose it's the ignorance um, when it's not that hard to actually Google something and go, okay, that's bullshit. I mean, who do you know, how can you not know about Snopes or... Um, Hoax, what's it, Hoax Busters, there's a few of those sites. First thing I do, I see this bullshit come up, I go Google Muslims ban Christmas lights, Snopes, and up it comes, no, it's a lie. Yeah, but I I think you're misunderstanding how these things exist and how they persist, namely that these are stories that validate people's pre-existing opinions. Yeah, true. They, they don't want to know the truth. They're not interested in the truth. They're happy to accept these pieces of information or faux information such as it is because it backs up what they think because they're, they're lazy they're, and stupid and perhaps they, they, don't want, they don't want to believe. And a lot of these things are just it's simply a case of belief or perhaps one incident that got completely blown out of control or is a total fabrication from the beginning. And it's easier to believe in a lot of cases, you're right, rather than having to do the work yourself to, or particularly if it goes against your political grain, it's easier to believe. And uh, to be fair too, there are some ones I tend towards the centre to left side of politics. I still see some urban myths that spread around that, you know, demonising Tony Abbott or, or spouting crap that the coalition are planning on doing that, you just know that that's not the fact and all the news is reporting the opposite. So, to be fair, I get just as annoyed at the ones that I agree with as far as from achieving a political objective as the ones I don't. Mm. Yeah, it's we. I don't think we get quite so many of them in Australia. Uh, certainly you get to hear a lot more of these sort of fringe theories from the States. But uh, yeah, I, I think most most uh, most cultures seem to be very susceptible to it. And when you you look at some of the, and sometimes it's really an urban myth is just a, a rumor that's been around, an unsubstantiated rumor that's been around a while, because you look at the number of um, terrible things that happen in uh, parts of the subcontinent and Africa because a bunch of people heard something got the wrong idea and then decided to go and kill someone, hang someone, burn a church down, burn a mosque down, whatever. Uh, Half-assed um, reactions seem to be one of the main problems with, with people in general. It's one of the reasons why I hate people. <laughs> That's right. It's because on an individual basis, for the most part, you can talk to a person and they'll probably listen to you for the most part. Most people will actually listen. They may not necessarily agree with you, but you can at least have a conversation and find out why yeah. they believe what they do and if you've got any salient points without attacking what they think, but just provide information and your own opinion. But the trouble is the larger 
that group becomes, when it becomes goes from one person to two people to three people to more. The more people you have and you're trying to um, you're, you're trying to get impart information to or get information from, they become increasingly stupid. Yes. People become more stupid and more hysterical the larger the group is. It's where you know mass hysteria, mob mentality, these phrases come from, and which is why politicians have to constantly repeat their talking points and talk down to the electorate because as a group, the electorate, if they're listening, isn't listening very thoroughly and doesn't understand most of what they're being told, assuming that yeah. what the politicians are telling you in the first place is even honest because let's face it, trying to... Anyone that thinks they can get their information from a single source, whether it be Fox News, yes, everyone, ha, 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 that's very funny, but Fox News has its place, uh, or whether you're getting the information from The Independent, The Guardian, The Australian, or um, any other of the what might be considered more left-leaning or more liberal with a L, newspapers. If you get your information from any single source, you, sir or madam, are a freaking moron. Yes, that's right. You need to get off your asses and get your information from a variety of sources across the spectrum because the truth is a jigsaw. And if you aren't willing to take the time to put at least, at least put the edges together so you can get a sense of what, how big the damn thing is, let That's alone right. what the is, then uh, you're a waste of time, quite frankly. And you really shouldn't be giving your opinion to anyone else or probably voting because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. No, no one has the time to do this exhaustively for everything. We're no, all, all guilty of this. Um, it's one of the, the problems of humans. But um, you, you need to do at least a little bit of due diligence. We, and we have to have another episode on voting and who deserves to vote or doesn't because that's a fascinating debate topic. Um, and breed. And breed. Oh, yeah, that's another one too. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, as far as Urban Miss, I mean, I just quickly looked up Snopes.com, which is one of the more reputable, if there is such a thing for, for Urban Miss sites, reputable Urban Miss sites, and their top 25 Urban Miss, I won't go through them all, obviously, for today. Number one, still circulating at the moment, is that Facebook Messenger is going to steal your soul via all, all of its privacy-violating conditions. Okay, well, that's fairly innocuous. If you believe that or you don't, who cares? Um, apparently the number two one is spraying a mixture of vinegar and water on your car's windshield will de-ice it. No, that wouldn't work. Um, the third most common one is a video capturing Mike Brown assaulting an elderly man over a stolen backpack. Is Mike Brown one of the guys that was beaten himself? I'm guessing. I don't actually know who Mike Brown is. I'm sorry. I've never heard of Mike Brown. Um, and then the Sandy Hook massacre didn't occur. So it's a bit like the moon landing. So that one's a bit more concerning. Um, the Hook Massacre. Um, what, it, was, uh, it was one of the... Oh, now you test me. It was one of the high school massacres in 2012 in Newtown, Connecticut. Didn't so, occur. Yeah, so the FBI apparently re- has revealed no murders occurred in Newtown, Connecticut in 2012. Oh, there we go. Um, apparently Aldi, according to one rumour, sells products with horse meat. And most importantly, there's a rumour that there's an image that captures the moment when a cheerleader pooped at the top of a pyramid. That's more in keeping with this podcast. That's, that's kind of funny. Yeah, well, I'm now opening that one to see whether I'd actually use an urban myth. I'm sure it is. I'm just hoping to God there's not a picture. Well, I, I do know that the it story... It is false. I'm pleased to report. <laughs> Good. Oh, that's so obviously Photoshopped. There is an image. But it's... Yeah, that's so obviously Photoshopped. It's a bit like that story about um, about uh, President Kennedy when he was uh, giving that address in Berlin. Uh, the, he, he said, Ich bin ein Berliner, and uh, everyone thought he was referring to a donut. <laughs> and, and that... That speech did occur, yes, but the audience knew what he was referring to. And That's it, the thing. it wasn't food stuff. No. So, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's all of these sorts of things that just, it, it's an entertaining distraction, I suppose, as much as anything. But I mean, the ones, as I said, the ones that concern me, the health ones, so that don't immunize your kids because I get autism has been refuted so thoroughly, but you still see that here and there. 
and and essentially people have divided up into the two camps: those that actually follow the science and understand that that's no that's never been the case, aside from one thoroughly discredited uh, researcher and article, um, and then the the very small group that insists that it's still the case. So, is it that? No, the vaccination one is one that obviously there are a number of parents out there and and quite some of them are, are you know affluent and, and well educated uh, but they they fall into this into the whole holistic medicine nonsense and yes I know some people say it helps and to you I say placebo effect yeah so what and there's nothing wrong with that the placebo effect is actually oh, yeah perfect <laughs> perfectly valid and that's right I mean, ultimately, if, if a treatment works, then then it's doing its job. The science behind it becomes secondary at that yes. point. The outcome is successful and positive. So what is it What is it about the vaccinations that so many people seem to be getting confused about? It's not just autism that, that uh, people get worried about, is it? Oh, it's, it's mostly that or uh, there was another concern. Uh, if I'd done any research... I would have been OT, but there was also concern of uh, an ingredient in the vaccinations that was potentially toxic. I'm just, it wasn't lead, but it was, there was a, a, an ingredient they were concerned about one of the vaccinations was mixed with, which is, was also refuted. Um, there was an ingredient, I think it was decades ago, that was used in one vaccine initially. Still didn't cause a lot of harm from memory, but people have picked up on that. So I, th- I think it's that distrust of corporations, which a bit of distrust of corporations is never unhealthy, but it's just taken to that nth degree that you're assuming that everyone that researches these vaccines um, has had a vested interest in harming the general population. Well, how? how? What, what's the advantage? Well, you could get into conspiracies around that if people get sick from these vaccinations that they can make money from selling drugs to fix it. Yep. Mm-hmm. but you're assuming a hell of a lot of corrupt people in a lot of positions who are letting quality slip, uh, let alone... Yeah, it just it doesn't stack up. No, that's the trouble with these large-scale conspiracy theories is if uh, anyone who's worked at a, a medium-to-large company or had anything to do with any kind of human organisation knows that it would be almost impossible, almost, I'm not ruling anything out here, almost impossible to keep a, a conspiracy of that sort and size that's been going on. Oh, as without a, leaks, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous. There's, there's always going to be a Snowden or a whistleblower out there who's going to, uh, going to have a problem with that and the information is going to get out. Absolutely. Um, the, the whole, um, uh, what is it, Broom, uh, Broom Lake area, area, is it 51? Area 50. Oh, Area 50 for the aliens, yep. Uh, it, the same nonsense with that. Uh, no. That it'd be great to think that it has happened. The only, although, although, let's face it, as I said before, no human organization could maintain a conspiracy of that scale. If the aliens are involved, then perhaps, perhaps that might work still. Oh, yeah, you could be right. We could be actually um, disseminating propaganda on behalf of the aliens. You could be an alien. I know I've been accused of being an alien. <laughs> <laughs> I'll that right now. Oh, but, but, but on the subject of, uh, of complete bollocks, uh, the world is going to get sucked into a, an artificial black hole courtesy of CERN. Yeah, so um, I think that any science geeks that listen to this will be well and truly aware of the Hadron Collider, which um, got a lot of attention, I think it was around 18 months to two years ago when they, they first... Um, did the experiments around the what they called the God particle? The, was it the Higgs boson, wasn't it? Yeah, there's a variety of bosons. Though the Higgs is is one. Yeah, the one that, that supposedly uh, provides, if I remember correctly, provides mass because there's not enough mass. We're not sure where mass comes from. Yeah, so apparently they say the the universe is only consists consists of is a four or seven percent something like that mass, and they're not sure what the other ninety plus percent. Um, oh, that, that's that's going into a, that's going into the whole dark energy, dark matter yes. uh, yeah. issue, and that's where the Mark II um, LHC is going to come into it. Yeah, so that those those experiments have 
uh, commenced, well, will be commencing this week. So it'll be fired up, the, the Hadron Collider will be fired up to its highest energy levels ever in a bid to detect or even create miniature black holes. Now, if successful, a completely new universe will be revealed, rewriting not only the physics books, but the philosophy books too. It is even possible that gravity from our own universe may leak into this parallel universe, scientists at the Collider say. So now that sounds funky as all hell, and, and then, of course, there's the, I suppose, in the area of urban myth, although you don't know with this stuff. Um, the experiment, I'm quoting here, obviously, from a website, the experiment is sure to inflame alarmist critics of the collider, many of whom initially warned the high-energy particle collider would spell the end of our universe with the creation of a black hole of its own. Totally ignoring the fact that the universe is full of black holes, including the supermassive ones at the, in the centre of most galaxies, including ours. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing in the hands of idiots. All right, so th this is going to totally jump the fence from me just slagging people buying into conspiracies and over myths. So given how theoretical physics still is at the moment, particularly, does this fall within quantum physics? I'm really outside my knowledge point here. But well, you know, theor theoretical physics does encompass quantum. Yeah. Yes. So given how, I know a lot of this is theory anyway, but just given how there is so, there's so much unknown in this area, can you rule out 100% that something god-awful could happen? I don't know that anyone, if they're being strictly accurate, could rule anything no, out. No, that's true. Uh, but in a, in a and obviously that's, that's an extremely uh, pedantic approach, which I'm guilty of periodically uh, but in an effective sense I, I think yes uh, it's it's we, we can rule that out uh, the, the chances of you dying in a plane crash tomorrow was, um, oh, God, yeah. sp specifically the plane falling out of the sky and landing directly on your head I think the chances of that would be far 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 higher yes uh, and you have to bear in mind that the sort of black holes they're talking about here are micro Micro black hole. Right. Yeah. They're teeny, they're tiny. They are not going to have enough pull to do anything. No, that's right. Uh, so, well, another, it's, it's, it's a pinprick in the fabric of space time, basically. Or yeah. that, ideally, that's what they're, they're looking at doing. And uh, yes, that it potentially open, open up uh, access to, and when I say access, I mean uh, being, Thing, emissions from our side or the other, whatever the other side is, if there is another side, uh, could potentially pass back and forth. But that would be the limit of it. How uh, cool would it be, though, if you're in, and I understand this, the scale is that you're not in one room when this happens, but let's say there's a, a room where you're monitoring the outcomes. If you could smuggle in a boombox or something and, and as the ex experiment, and they say, yes, we're created, you have the sound of the TARDIS coming in. And you go, my God, they're coming. I, I thought you were going to be classier and say a play also spray Sarathustra, but uh, yeah, that's 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 an, the other way you could go, definitely. <laughs> Sorry, that's just nerdy stuff. Or, or, you know, you know, we might see Rocket Raccoon and Groot after all. Well, yes. What if uh, it opened up an event horizon between this world and the Marvel Universe? Can we rule that out? Um, absolutely. No, no, we, we, you probably couldn't. Because, you know, all this Marvel Universe comic crap could be just a, a, a reflection of a real universe that's, I don't know. You've got to watch Interstellar. I've said that before. What a great movie that is. I prefer Contact. I think it did it the, conceptually. I think it handled the material better. So you've watched Interstellar? I have watched Interstellar. Yeah. I need to watch it another couple of times to get my head around it. I'm, I'm a little worried by some of the science in it, uh, but but on on the whole, it was it, it was interesting. The, uh, the the time dilation was interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was actually. Did, did you remember? Was the was the um, what was it? The Viathan or what was the big black hole called? Oh yeah, now you test me. Don't remember, but I know what you mean. Was was that spinning? It was a spinning one, wasn't it? It would have I to think so. Apparently, all it, they had a, a very key 
theoretical physics advisor on it all and, and it's been lauded for being mostly on the money. Yeah. Well, if, yeah, if the time dilation would work if, if the, the, um, the black hole was spinning, it was rapidly spinning. Anyway, that's... <laughs> so, well, that's right. But on the collider, so apparently one of the big exciting things about this laser experiment um, is uh, there's a nice little example here of what they're going to do. So apparently it's going to be a game changer. Mr. Faisal, one of the three strong team of physicists behind the experiment, said, just as many parallel sheets of paper, which are two-dimensional objects, breadth and length, can exist... I don't... I don't anyway, can exist in a third dimension height, parallel universes can also exist in higher dimensions. We predict that gravity can leak into extra dimensions and if it does, then miniature black holes can be produced at the Hadron Collider. See, that's all straight out of Interstellar. Yeah, well, yes. Uh, it's, it's like any good science fiction, um, Interstellar. And I think inter you could say Interstellar is pretty decent science fiction. Mm. It's... It, it's... it's um, tapping or, or scraping the, the ceiling of, of what we know and coming up with the narrative. And obviously the narrative in any kind of entertainment is going to take priority over fact. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, there's some very, very interesting things that could come out of this because they've basically doubled the power of the thing from, um, I think it's, what is it, six, six and a half um, TV to 13. So, yeah, it's literally doubled. Yeah, it's uh, and one TeV is I'm trying to work out what that is. A quadrillion, is it? Terra electron volts. Terra electron volts. Yeah, with uh, twelve zeros behind it. Yes. Yeah, but well, here's my little theory. Perhaps the cause of the Big Bang, because we're still not quite sure what. Well, no, we don't know what caused it. Uh, Perhaps it was someone in another dimension, another universe, with a a um, blood hadron collider, and they created a pinprick. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's and, from th and from that, all we know sprang into existence. So we're about to, yeah, birth another universe. I like that leakage leakage from another dimension. I'd just be happy with the TARDIS or Galactus, but let's see what happens. Yeah. So, yes, so the, the whole black hole thing, yes, they, they may be able to create black holes, but it's not the only thing they're, they're looking at doing. They're uh, going to be tuckle, tackling um, antimatter, which yep. is going to be interesting at the moment. Synthesize or creation of antimatter is an incredibly, incredibly laborious process. So just, just getting a gram of it takes an incredibly long time. So they're going to be in a position to be able to... Uh, produce and experiment more with that. Um, Quark-gluon plasma are also on the menu. And, of course, more, more looking into uh, the uh, broad englert higgs mechanism. Nice. Yes. Don't you wish you'd done physics? Dark matter. I actually did do physics. I wasn't understanding in high school. I wasn't understanding a word of it, or at least I didn't think I was. So I ended up um, opting out after the first term into classical studies. And then I found out the following year that the physics teacher was sad to see me go because apparently I was the one I was doing the see? best. You so, could have been there at the LHC this week. Well, I have to admit, I do find it all very fascinating. And just, just, the, just the whole concept of the, the you know expansion of the universe and inflation and god is anyone still listening to this broadcast no. hello hello uh, sorry to see you go everyone. this could be going into another dimension though uh, maybe that's where our listeners actually are hadron collider there you go i just thought you might enjoy that yes yeah, so apparently i enjoyed that topic a little bit too much <laughs> never mind but so there's meatier things than the Hadron Collider, though, I believe. Like Death. Netflix. Death by Netflix. Is our internet dying? Yeah. So I, this, um, it's, I'll try not and keep this too Australia-centric because our, our US friends have had Netflix for years and I assume UK and Europe? Uh, yeah, UK, Canada, they've all had it and their libraries have all built up according. Yeah. So ours is anemic but it's, you know, first first month of operation. So that yeah. was it. 
So we, we launched, I think it was two weeks ago, and um, lots of people have signed up alongside the other two new streaming options, one that's called Stan, which is the one offered by, correct me if I'm wrong, Fairfax. Yep. And then uh, Presto is the Fox one, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. So between those three, but Netflix appears to have had the biggest uptake. I could be wrong on that. I don't have any stats to back that up, but I think Stan's done okay as well. Um, but Netflix is copying a bit of um, flack, not flack, but as far as for slowing down the overall Australian internet. So one of the big ISPs in Australia has complained that Telstra's infrastructure hasn't kept up with the demand for Netflix because this ISP was allowing Netflix to be used unmetered. So for those outside of Australia, we have pretty shitty internet plans as a general rule. Um, so I, I'm on what's considered a pretty good plan by some accounts and I still, I'm on a 300 gig a month limit, which I don't go near using, but I can imagine if you're streaming, you know, three movies a day and doing all your other internet stuff, you might run up against some issues there. Um, so, yeah, and people have been experiencing overall a slow internet, and I know I have, that things have slowed down, particularly of an evening, uh, and it's been called the Netflix effect, apparently. Yeah, I haven't noticed that because I've been watching Netflix, so. <laughs> and I've got to be, uh, to give kudos to Netflix, I've only had one evening watching The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt where every five minutes it would pause to buffer again, and that's the only time... Really? Yeah, it's the only time out of, say, maybe watching 20, 25 shows now, uh, that's the only time that's occurred. I can't complain um, about its ability to stream stuff. Well, I have to admit, I haven't, I haven't noticed uh, any of that. I, I used to get that um, theoretically if I'd, um, if I'd ever got bypassed geo-blocking, I, I theoretically probably would have experienced that um, using the US service. Oh, yeah. Which of course I didn't because that's um, I don't know if it's illegal or whatever the hell. Oh, who cares? But you uh, didn't do it. That's the main thing. No, 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 no. As far as you know, um, but it's been pretty flawless with yeah. uh, with the Australian service, and I, I have I have been watching a bit. I have not Kimmy Schmidt. Oddly enough, I ended up watching House of Cards, the original House of Cards. Oh, yeah, the British one. Yeah, I've watched that, and it's very good. Yeah, well, I have. To, I remember seeing it years ago when it when it uh, was actually on on television. Uh, but I didn't realise there was. Uh, I can't call them seasons because English TV does weird crap. You know, a, a series can be. It's basically they do like mini series. Yes, that's right. Um, so it could be four episodes, or it's, it's why a lot of BBC programming isn't picked up in the states because it's not a proper season. Mm. You know, what are you going to do with four episodes? You can't schedule that in. Because that's what the British House of Cards was, three or four episodes, wasn't it? That was it. But I'd only seen the first. I didn't. But there's another two series after that. So, oh, really? Yeah, so I ended up watching because it's, it, it's based on a book and the, the book was a trilogy um, or the books were a trilogy. So, yeah, I ended up watching all, all 12 of those. Oh. And, yeah, it's, it is – I've got to say, most, like most English programming – uh, it, it doesn't worry about happy endings. It doesn't over-explain things to you. Um, some of the actors are ugly, uh, which you, fortunately you don't get with American television. <laughs> My mother says, oh, it's, it's, it's more realistic. It's, it's gritty. And I'm going, yeah, sometimes I don't want to look at ugly people. I can look out the window if I want to see ugly people. <laughs> I can look in the mirror if look I want to see. Look in the mirror, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just thought I'd better throw that <laughs> in at the last minute. Um, but but there is something to that. So I, I'm going to be very interested just to because um, I haven't really watched. I've seen occasional episodes of the uh, of the Netflix one, Netflix House of Cards. So I'm going to be interested to see just how that how that um, how how they spin that. It's very different. Oh, it, it would have to be, and I've got no problem with that. I, yeah. I don't really have an, an issue with um, people taking a concept and reinventing it or rethinking it or you know repeat whatever whatever you, phrase you want to. Throw into it. I don't think there's any problem with reinterpreting things. People have been doing that with Shakespeare, yeah. if, uh, well, since pretty much since Shakespeare wrote the damn plays. Let's face That's it. That's right. Um, you know, minimal sets, Shakespearean space, it's or just 
yeah, just a- anybody. If you if you're even vaguely creative, if there's something out there that inspires you and you want to do something different with it or put a spin on it, I think that's great. I have no issue with oh, but the the Danish version of blah 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 was so much better than the American version. Blah blah. Yeah, yeah no. get over yourself. They're different animals. Uh, pull your head in. Thank and you. House, house of Cards is very different animal. Um, I, I won't have been the first person to say this, that House of Cards is very much uh, evil West Wing. So um, I loved West Wing to bits and this is just a, a more evil version and, and has the same level of addictiveness. I, I loved every episode. And I, I can assure you if you are a conservative or a Republican, uh, then the West Wing was the evil West Wing. Yeah, true. So that from a political viewpoint, yeah, it's more that Jed Bartlett was, you know, a relative good guy, whereas um, uh, Frank, oh God, Underwood, Frank Underwood is not a good guy in any way, shape, or form. Whereas the British version, the guy is not evil. Oh, he's, he's a schemer, but oh, he's a monster. Yeah, okay. Maybe I need to watch all twelve, but for, I've only watched the first two or three, and I never. I just never – and to be fair, I watched the British one after the American one. So he seemed like a real walk in the park compared to Frank Underwood. I, I think it's fair to say that they're sociopaths. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I would, I would, and I don't have any problem with that because I think most people in politics and uh, a lot of high flyers in, in the corporate or even not high – there's a lot of sociopaths out there. They're, they're charming um, and they know how to – get their way, but if you actually – and they manage, just manage to spin things so people see them in a positive light, even if the empirical data proves quite clearly that they're not yes. either doing as well as they say or doing well at all. Yeah. But it's just a matter of, you know, you, you, you smile, you build rapport. You don't feel any empathy, but you, you know how to build rapport and just make people do the little dance because ultimately people are quite predictable and there are buttons that can push. Yeah, it can be pushed. Because you can usually work out, <laughs> sort of sounding a little sociopathic. Yeah, I meant to say. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah. Um, but a sociopath would never be on a podcast called We Hate People. No, not unless they're playing the long game. <laughs> That's right. Oh, dear, what have I got myself into? I, I don't know. <laughs> Thank God I've only met you once face-to-face and that was in a public space. Oh, I always meet people in public off the internet. Yeah, that, well, you know, you're, you're only human and sensible. Yes. Uh, so the, <laughs> Up behind you um, without you noticing. Yeah. <laughs> so that, Your situational awareness is absolutely terrible. Mine? Yes. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, it was that day. Yeah, you were you were probably looking at, at some bad cosplay of Catwoman, though. Well, it's hard. yeah, it's, it, it wasn't a normal environment by any stretch. Ah, uh, so that's Netflix, as far as I can see. That I love it, but it's uh, yeah, the internet is is struggling, but I'm sure that will settle down. And once more of us get the national broadband network, the 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 cables are literally seventy meters or so from my door, in the process of being laid. Yeah, there there is still going to be fuss made of this, either because of real something real and tangible, or just because it they can make political um, political capital out of it. Bear in mind that it was Netflix that was one of the main targets for the the whole uh, at the centre of the whole net neutrality thing, where they wanted to create uh, start charging high high output services like Netflix. Um, get them to pay more for basically the same service. Oh, yeah, yeah. So many people were using them. So uh, basically what's happening here is, is replicating the situation in the US exactly, just the, the sheer uh, sheer quantity of streaming uh, that's occurring. It, it's, yeah, it's going to, they're going to have to bounce back to this and it's going to be interesting to see how our infrastructure and the providers react to this and just see if they're just as, as tragic as, as the corporations in the states are. That's right. At the end of the day, all I'm excited about is that next weekend Daredevil premieres the whole first season, so I'm hanging out for that. And then, not related to Netflix, it's a great couple of months. We've got 
uh, Game of Thrones returning and um, Avengers 2 at the movies. doesn't get much better than that. That will be pretty sweet. But the, the question is, wouldn't you prefer to have a, a buy button so you could just buy all of these wonderful things now? From the one spot? Yeah. If only, um, I'm wondering if there's a company out there that likes to think of itself as a one-stop shop for everything from books to washing machines like Amazon maybe? Mm, can they deliver a, wa- a washing machine by drone? God, I'd love to see it. <laughs> that would be fun. Particularly if you could do... Oh, that could be a great sociopathic revenge tool. I look, I, in all honesty, the whole drone thing, I can see a, I can see the, the biggest issue with that isn't going to be um, people flying into, the, into White House airspace. It's going to be 12-year-olds with BB guns trying to shoot these damn things out of the sky. As I would when I was 12. God, why wouldn't you try? Wouldn't. Who wouldn't try and take these things out of the sky? And you never know, you might get something fun. At a beach shooting a can any day, I loved my, um, what, what did I call it, an um, air rifle, BB gun, same thing. I, I loved. God, that'd be fun. It would. I actually, I'm just related to that weapons. Um, I don't know whether I should disclose this on a public podcast, but as a kid, I went into an army disposal store and they used to sell... Um, hand grenades, obviously, with the guts out of them. So hollow hand grenades, but they're original World War II ones. Mm-hmm. Um, bought one of them for, I don't know, $10, $20, thought it was the coolest thing. Um, where I grew up, there was a bit of a, a... had a great big shed down the back with a big um, pile of sand there that someone had dumped there. It wasn't for kids, but we used it as a basically a large sand pit. Had army men, plastic army men, had this hand grenade... Over the years, it must have... I've left it behind there one day. It's got buried underneath the sand somewhere in this big pile. Fast forward 25 years, my dad rings me up and he says, you're not going to believe... He said, just in the last few days, they've had the bomb squad out at where we used to live because we... uh, Mum and Dad sold the place up years ago. Um, We've had the bomb squad out um, at where we used to live. They found a hand grenade... So they were, they were um, excavating stuff and found this hand grenade and had to call the bomb squad in to detonate it. And I went, oh, I think that might have been mine. <laughs> so, and I, I didn't, I couldn't bring myself to call anyone. It's like, well, who do I tell? It's all, this was, you know, it, it happened a week previously and they detonated it, not that there was anything to detonate, but I'm pretty sure it was my hand grenade. That's entirely possible. Uh, so there you go. I just thought you might find that interesting, related sort of. But let's talk about physical buy buttons because I actually think this is bloody cool. Yes. Do you, do you want <laughs> – we don't know who's going to read this. You, you found want... it. Yeah, I'll go through this. Okay. So basically, have you ever been in a situation – and this is probably something that a family would experience more, probably more likely the father – where you go to the fridge to get some milk for your cereal in the morning and there's a teaspoon of milk left in the milk container <laughs> that, that someone's just gone and stuck back in. Why people do that? I don't know. It's especially annoying at work. I hate people yeah. do that. But um, and this wouldn't really fix that now I think about it because uh, teleportation has not been invented yet. But basically Amazon's come out with a series of brand-specific Wi-Fi enabled buttons that you can stick to convenient locations in your house. So uh, the the uh, examples would be uh, if uh, you use uh, detergent on your your washing machine, your clothes washer, and you notice you're you're running a bit low. You can push the uh, the the tight branded button that you've stuck to the washing machine, and that will send a little blip off to your Amazon shopping list and record that you, you want some Tide. Say you're running low on milk, it'll have uh, a brand-specific, and they're all brand-specific, obviously someone's paying for these damn things, uh, a milk button, a cheese button if you decided to get one of those. Uh, I mean, your whole house can be covered in these things. That's the thing. The, the idea is that uh, you, when you notice something, you need something rather than writing it on a, a shopping list, you push the button and then when it's convenient, you go to the, your app or onto the website. Uh, all of the things you've, you've tapped your, your brand buttons for are going to be there 
in a shopping list for you to confirm. And obviously the confirmation is a really good idea uh, in oh, case yeah. your your three-year-old son decided that uh, the Tide button was actually a Space Invaders game and was hoping that it would open up a magical portal to the transport. Who knows? Who knows why kids do anything? But, yeah, if you find that there's 25 orders for, for boxes of Tide, then this is podcast sponsored by Tide, incidentally. <laughs> and Audible. Yes, and Audible. Uh, so you can go through and clear off any errant things from your shopping list before you confirm the order and Amazon then uh, deliver it to you. Again, not instantaneously because teleportation is not a thing. It might be after this week depending on how the Hadro- Hadron Collider goes, so. Well, yes, or it could be like the original Avengers film and uh, we find that a massive portal opens up above <laughs> like they really need any more shit at the moment. That's where we need the ghost. Oh, the Ghostbusters might get involved anyway. But which ones, the female team? Or oh, you need both. Uh, no, I don't think we do. Especially since I don't th- um, the, 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 uh, the female Ghostbusters aren't going to be in the same continuity as the recently announced male ones. Oh, what is this, Marvel Comics? Uh, no, it's uh, Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd jumping onto a gravy train. Yeah, that's right. Already assumed as a dead duck because Dan Aykroyd has done so many great movies lately. All biting, but you're oh, right. Actually, we're back to the conspiracy. He's got he's a he's a the most bizarre conspiracy theory nut. Although it's his conspiracy theories and belief in the supernatural that got Ghostbusters rolling in the first place. Yeah, so, so thank you for that. And um, my my stepmum's an alien. Is that what it was? Uh, minus several billion points for that piece of shit. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> oh, and Blues Brothers two thousand. What the hell were you thinking? Yeah, you can you can crap. You can shit on a legacy. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, well, he managed to do that. You have to dig deep to find the legacy anymore. But on the buy button, I yes. I can't, honestly, I would have thought the way to go is eventually we end up with devices like your fridge and your whatever that I know you can already have the ones that you have your inventory in or whatever. Having, you know, four dozen buy buttons spread all over your house seems like a really bizarre way to do things. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. I mean, it is convenient. You don't have to go to. You don't have to go to somewhere else. Oh and let's, yeah. Let's face it. In a in a busy in a busy family home, and I'm just thinking speaking out of sheer theory here. <laughs> but uh, if you, oh, I must remember. I need to. I need more toilet paper. More detergent. More toilet. Yeah. Oh yeah, toilet paper. That's a good one. Um, I must remember to get more of that. And then on the way to write that down on a list or. To put it on yeah. your phone, your, your, your three-year-old has broken something or gotten a boo-boo and you're distracted and you've completely forgotten. It just the, I can see the immediacy of being able to just sort of, yeah. okay, well, that's basically it's a reminder. No, but I like that. It, I, goes, it goes to a centralized place that's not going to be torn off the fridge or covered in green crayon or something like that. No, so, I think that's good. I think one and one on the a couple on the fridge, one above the toilet roll dispenser, uh, one in the laundry. Yeah, I suppose for, you could probably do half your stuff with four or five. Um, yeah. See, I'm just having a, a look at there's there's 200 products Amazon. This is obviously for the US and possibly Canada. Um, that's that's covered by this, and we've got uh, drawstring trash bags, disinfecting wipes. Regenerous advanced anti-aging serum. So I think I know oh, the demographic of this particular type of device is. Speaking for. of urban mist, disinfecting wipes don't start me on that. But anyway, I, I hate them. Well, they're they're evil for a whole bunch of reasons, that, scientific reasons. That and that and showering daily. That's that, that's a piece. Of- <laughs> well, you, you you're right from a skin it's, viewpoint. It's yeah. not for your skin. That's right. It's not oh, good yeah. for your skin, and unless you've been, unless you've been working out. Um, or have had a particularly um, perspiring, job, intensive day, then, or you just have a real bo problem. Um, a normal human being does not need to be covered in in, uh, in detergent. No, that's Rega- true. Regardless of how much you paid for it, it's still a mid- mineral detergent. It's still stripping all the oils off your skin. So if you want to look older sooner, um, sunbathe and and Share every day. And shower every day, yeah. Well, I know people, and to be fair, they're exercise, heavy exercisers, but they'll shower two, three times a day and you go, that's just madness. 
yeah, that's that's definitely not good. But um, we cover everything on this. Yeah, tangents. We we are we are good. But the physical buy button, I think th this will be the first step, and and it's the way smart device the way it's going, and I'm sure there'll be better ways of managing inventory. I think this is just a first step, and some people will love it. I think they will. It is de it is definitely this is definitely um, tilted towards, and this is not a sexist remark. It is, it is tilted towards uh, the uh, the uh, the the young mother because uh, it's. It's it's a lot of skincare, female oriented skincare. Right. Okay. I know it's female because it doesn't have the word men's anywhere in it. Yeah. Um, trash bags, uh, kitchen rolls, um, baby foods. Well, they could argue for the kitchen rolls and all the garbage bag stuff that because guys, as a general rule, tend to be pretty slack with all that stuff that they actually might pick up more of their share of the burden if they actually just have to press a button because it's a gadget. Well, as far as the shopping goes, yes, that's that's true. Oh, bottled waters here as well. Don't get me started on bloody bottles. No, well, that's, yeah. God, there's so many things. So many reasons to hate people. Yes. Um, wow, Gerber are definitely well into this. <laughs> it's a lot of Gerber baby products. God. Um, yeah, look, and I, I'd love to see these buttons too for um, online food ordering because, you know, most of us, if we tend to order something, tend to order the same things, be able to press a button and go, yes, I want my standard, you know, vegetarian pizza with garlic bread and Diet Coke or whatever it is delivered in half an hour, being able to press a button would be great. I, I would like to see male equivalent versions of these, uh, ones that, uh, you know, um, send flowers to wife, uh, <laughs> send, send apology note and chocolates to wife, um, send birthday present or anniversary gift to wife. I think buttons like that could also be extremely practical. You want to get it? I think you've just discovered your life's work. No, no <laughs> definitely not. I like it. Right. Well, I I think we can we can say that we've we've covered a fair few top, topics, and in the interest of good taste, I think we'll call that a show. Yeah, and God forbid it's nearly an hour. Oh, God. You're supposed to wind this up. What kind of host are you? Yeah, because, I, I, you know, looking behind the curtain, I said before the show, anything over half an hour is a show. And look at that, we've gone 27 minutes over. Yeah, I just wonder if anyone's still listening. Hey, email us if, uh, if you are still listening and, and let us know whether you made it through to the end. If you did, congratulations. There's no prize, but uh, at least you can feel satisfied that you, you ran the gauntlet of fire and spittle. And if you do have any ideas or suggestions, please feel free to email us at contact at oceanicgamer.com. That's contact at oceanicgamer.com. Or you can tweet David using at Creative Shed or me at RPG Beats RL. And for earlier episodes, visit creativeshed.com or subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks very much for listening. And if you'd like what you heard, just, oh, crap, did I say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I no, you, we always – well, we want to reinforce that we – if you like what you heard to let us know. That's the yeah. important point. Yes. Well, if you did like what you heard or you didn't like what you heard but you are still listening for some kind of perverse reason or you just enjoy rubbernecking at train wrecks, remember to contact us. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us your ideas. Uh, tell us what mistakes we made as far as the Large Hadron Collider goes. That's physics in general. And – Sean the Sheep movie's great, by the way, just to throw in the last thing. I've heard good things about these uh, SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Yeah, so I had to toss up between uh, one of the, both of those and I chose Sean the Sheep, but I'm keen to see SpongeBob as well. Mm. I think I shall pay, uh, go and pay money and see that. <clears throat> Sorry, I just threw out the whole flow and we'd already said goodbye. But well, we, well, well, no, you didn't say goodbye, so say goodbye, David. Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> If we had a catchphrase, I'd insert it here, but we don't, so... Uh, Just a cool theme tune to go out on. Yeah. Rock us out, David. Here we go. One, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs>